Let's go, girl. Just tell me what I can and I'll show you things that you couldn't believe. WTF, Women Talking Football. Not to be confused with WFT. We are a pair of producers for Dave Campbell's Texas Football and Dave Campbell's Texan Live. We're the women, I should say. A pair of producers. Uh, My name is Ashley Pickle. I'm the executive producer. Sitting over there is our associate producer, Miss Mallory Hartley. It's been a minute. It has been a minute. (laughs) It's been a long uh, time. (laughs) I was sitting here, and I was waiting for the intro to roll, and I was like, it's not rolling. Why is it not rolling? And I was like, oh, yeah, all of our settings are all weird because I think the computer restarted a while ago and we just haven't done WTF in like a month. So we mm-hmm. haven't been able to re-update the settings. And I was like, oh, yeah, I feel very off right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I have to reset all of this. <laughs> yeah. No, man. And uh, just uh, like completely pulling back the curtain and being completely honest here. The, the reason we haven't done it is we have not had time. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> we, we've been so busy. Very busy. Very, very busy. This is... What's funny about it is I almost don't even want to say that this is our busiest time of the year anymore, which seems crazy. It is. Mm-hmm. But there are three different parts of the year. And actually, for us, basketball season is probably more busy than football season. Not for 16, 17 consecutive weeks, but the five, six weeks of basketball or four or five weeks of basketball playoffs, mainly because right. there's girls and guys going on. Right. So it's like that's why. But between playoffs, which means that we schedule every single stream that happens across the UIL, the regular day-to-day Dave Campbell stuff, and then uh, the show, uh, Texas Football Tonight, it was like we we had no time to <laughs> literally produce anything Uh else (laughs) well and I feel like too this is a lot different from the basketball season too is because now ish has to keep up in depth on what's going on in the high school basketball world Mm -hmm. and the college basketball world because he's the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas basketball us on the other hand we don't necessarily have we do keep up with it but we don't necessarily have to come on here and talk about it each week like ish and Matt Rooney do on their podcast right but for football season, it's very different. Like, mm-hmm. you're very in-depth on the high school side. I do high school as well. We do college, and we have to keep up with that stuff. So that's why I think that this year, this time of year is by far our busiest season in yeah. terms of content because we have to keep up with all of that. Yeah, the the bandwidth is just different. It because is, Because right. during basketball or softball and baseball, when there's those crossover, the – amount of like technical data that we're pushing and the scheduling and like the finite details of everything is definitely more intense than it is during the football season but like you're saying the bandwidth is just different because we not only have to do the technical pushing the buttons and all of that stuff we also have to keep up with it because man like that's the other thing can't tell you like I had to still like I have to be in tune with everything that's happening in high school and like going back and watching games and going back right. and rewatching highlights of stuff and all of that because you can't produce a show like Texas football tonight if you're not immersed in it like right, I can't right. sit here on TFT or WTF and talk about all this stuff if I'm not keeping like 
keeping up with, up it. with it from a journalistic perspective. So we're kind right. of wearing the double hats of like journalistic perspective, but also behind the scenes person that no one really sees what we do on that side of stuff. Right. Um, it's a lot. <laughs> it's, it is a lot. And that's why, uh, that's why we haven't been here yeah. in a month. So, uh, very, very glad to be back. This is definitely one of my favorite shows to do. I love ROF. I love Carter and I love ish, but this one has my heart. Nah, I'm glad to know. I might not rank a bunch like above a lot of people, but as long as I rank above Schmail and Carter, <laughs> I can live with that. You can, like, you can we live can with be that. the bottom three people of anybody's <laughs> life, and that's okay as long as I rank above them. You certainly uh, do. <laughs> so this is episode number 57, and it's definitely, regardless, I know we haven't done a show in a hot minute, but it's definitely our favorite show to do, and that's because it is state semifinal week. We have made it. It is the final week before we punch 10 more tickets to AT&T Stadium. We have already punched two tickets to AT, four tickets technically, to mm -hmm. AT&T Stadium. The 1A matchups are set. Um, Westbrook and Gordon in 1A D1, they will kick everything off for us. A reminder for state championships, the Division One is up first this year. If you're not familiar with that, the UIL switches it back and forth every single year. A big portion of that has to do, I and I might just be speculating here, but a big portion of that does have to do with giving people the opportunity, especially at the night games, to not always have to play in the morning or to not always have to play at night. Um Right. And especially like, I mean, you think about like, think about two way because one, two way team is going to be playing on a Wednesday, which they've never played on a Wednesday before. And the other one's going to be, be playing weird. at 11 a.m., you know, so it gives kind of that ebb and flow of all of the two way games that are split. The four A games are split. No, that's a lie. The two way games are split. Both three A's happen. The four A game is They're split. split. The five A game, five A games are split as well. Oh, not the four A. The four A is not. It's just two A. And then 5A. Yes. Those are the two that end up one plays at night, one plays in the morning mm -hmm. the following day. Right. So that kind of gives it that push and pull of, okay, you're not having to do this every single year, which right. for a lot of teams, you don't make it back to state every single year. So it really doesn't matter that much, but there are certain teams that that does affect like Alito <laughs> right. tends to play at AT&T stadium a lot. They're in 5A now, you know, mm -hmm. so that's kind of the reason why. But, um, so those matchups are set. Oh yeah. Uh, Westbrook and Gordon in 1AD1 and then 1AD2. You've heard of them before. Benjamin, the Mustangs, back with Grayson Rigdon, the do-it-all man. They're the best player in six-man football. And um, they will be taking oh, on – Yeah, they will be taking on Ogles, be a program that will be a first-timer. So mm -hmm. always really, really fun. Um, but that means that since those matchups are set and six-man football is on their Super Bowl week, that there are 20 – 20 state semifinal games happening across the state of Texas um, in class 6A all the way down to 2A D2. And we love to make predictions around here. <laughs> yeah, we sure do. We went back through on TFT today and did um, from our regional final picks mm -hmm. how much we got right. Uh, Tepper and I were both at 50%. We got 20 out of 40 right. You had 21 out of 40 Step had 24 out of 40, and Ish had 19 out of 40. Um, so Very close. Yeah. All of us were very close. Yeah, and then when it came to state champions picks that we still have in, uh, Tepper and I were even five in, five out. Um, 
out of the 20 games per se we didn't pick we didn't all pick up 1a uh step has seven of 10 still in i mm-hmm. think you have six of 10 and that your frisco emerson pick uh that, that was in mine. region one helped get you that's what helped get you your one additional yeah. uh game up on us um, i think and then the ish also, had five i think five out of ten the one the one that you and i picked that kind of helped us too over the edge was the anna pick yes. too so that yeah. was that was huge out of four anna and instead one. of stevenville helped a lot yes. yes um there was a couple of and just talking about playoffs in general there's been quite a few big time programs that went down the the two biggest ones that i think really affected everybody carthage obviously yep. going out um Refurio kind of that was huge from a uh, regional perspective mm-hmm. that got a lot of us out of the region um, but from a state championship pick some people picked Timpson some people picked Refurio so that was one of them and then the Kilgore loss hurt a lot of people Kilgore loss um, and then also I could argue that Columbus too I think yes. most of us picked Columbus to actually make it to AT&T Stadium right. and win it all I think Ish picked Hitchcock in mm-hmm. that one but of course both are now out so that yep. one hurt us too a lot well and that's what so funny and we mentioned that when we did our big uh preview our playoff preview on tft was the fact that uh none of us none of us idiots picked the two-time reigning state champ in franklin to win that region like no. now let's be very clear that 3a division one region three is a gauntlet i mean yes. you could have gone with anybody from columbus to hitchcock to Lorena to franklin i mean that's four out of the eight teams that are in that region right just a right. little little river academy was buzzing the bees were buzzing uh, uh-huh, for a while. Funny. Like that region is one of the deepest regions across the state. So it's like, okay, but that's what we all get for not picking well, the two time reigning state champ. <laughs> you could also talk about that with five, a division two. I mean, I would say that's probably yes. the deepest division in mm-hmm. the entire state right now. I mean, all five of us picked different state champions and the only one that picked the two time defending state champion was Matt Stepp, and yes. he picked South Oak Cliff. And guess and what? He got it right. He got it right. And that's you what know? Uh, Tepper said something about that on the show today. He said he was laughing. He was like, well, the only person that got it right was Step." And I was like, oh, I can't believe he got it right with the two-time reigning state champ. We're all just too stupid to We're do it. We're all too dumb to do it. <laughs> it was one of those things where it's like, can they do it for a third time? Yep. You know, like, I, I think we just all kind of overlooked that mm-hmm. you know and we're like oh there's so many different contenders you well, know and that's but the thing is, i oh that was I, the there are certain divisions that i feel like are really deep at the top and then it really kind of dies off right there it's really really front loaded and it kind of dies off i will agree with you that 5a division 2 is so fun and what we would consider deep it might not be the best talent across the state like through and through right but what we do see is the gap between all of these good teams is so much smaller like you look at 6a division one and you're going okay we knew duncanville and north shore were going to be around the top and then there's a couple other programs that are pretty good and then it's the field right you know it's like 5AD2. This is the first time ever five of us picked a different state champion. Yeah. All five of us picked a different state champion. Do you know how hard that is for five people that do this and talk football as much as we do to pick a different champion? Right. Every single person? Which which is so fun to me. It just shows the parity in 5A Division Two, which yes. is, I think has been one of the, the most fun regions to, to keep up with this entire time so far. I completely agree. So all of that being said, the stage is set as we go to punch – 20 
more tickets into AT&T Stadium. 20 games happening um, starting tonight. We've got four different games happening tonight. So tonight we will crowd, We will know the matchup for the 2A Division One state championship and the 3A Division One state championship. Mm-hmm. So both of those games are being played tonight. Then we have a whole slew of them tomorrow, and then all of the 6A games will be on Saturday. So that's our big state work day. We'll be up here watching the 6A state uh, semifinals. But let's go ahead, and we're going to show y'all what our picks were, kind of point out where they're different, and then we're going to walk through each game and kind of talk a little bit about it. So mm-hmm. we'll start off. Um, I'll lead us off here all with, right. with what my picks are. And there are some of these I felt really confident in, and then there are others where I felt absolutely, completely not confident in. Yes. Not because I don't Here think that there's good teams, yeah. because they're both so good. So I don't know good. who to pick. There is a lot of really good talent in yes. all of these games. And it was so – I mean, I even texted you. I was like, how the heck did you pick some of these games? Because, <laughs> like, I, you could toss up a coin – and I'll just take that, yep. you know? <laughs> 110%. So starting off here in 6A Division One, I'm calling it round five. I think it's going to be Duncanville and North Shore. Mm-hmm. I think that Duncanville will beat North Crowley. Shout out to Ray Gates. Shout out to Ray Gates for proving me right in my regional pick, too. Because I said we took uh, – WTF took – uh, North Crowley over Prosper, I, I think. think. Or did you take Prosper? No, uh, Tepper was the only one that picked, picked Prosper. Prosper. All four of us picked North Crowley to win Region 1. So they're they're rocking and rolling. We'll, we'll get into that game. Again, we'll get into the games in a little bit. But um, I think Galena Park North Shore will take down Austin Westlake, a matchup we've seen in a, <laughs> a number of years in the state semifinal. But I like the fifth sequence. <laughs> the fifth, I love it. I don't even know what that would be. I love it. Um, of, of the, the whole the whole lot there. <laughs> um, all right, moving down to 6A D2, we have a massively fun, exciting game. Um, the Region 1 winners of South Lake Carroll taking on the Region 2 winners of DeSoto, and I've got to roll with the Eagles on this one. Um, I think that the reigning state champs are going to come back and do it again. Um, there's a precursor into what my state pick's going to be. If DeSoto wins this game, I think they're the favorite to be able to no go doubt in. about that. Um, then we have a Houston and San Antonio matchup in 682. Humble Summer Creek taking on Cibolo Steel. This was really hard for me to pick. Yes. This one was really hard. I ended up going with Summer Creek. I'll give the example of why, but that, that one was one that was very difficult. 581, I'm going the uh, winningest program in Texas high school football from a state championship perspective I think uh not I almost said Tim Buchanan um Robbie Jones Jones. um and his Alito Bearcats are going to come back and I think that they will take on Smithson Valley after Smithson Valley beats Brownsville Veterans Memorial the Cinderella program into the state semifinal down there wearing the the cape for the RGV that's another one that's not necessarily super easy to pick just because of the the Cinderella run that Brownsville Veterans is on you almost feel wrong because you pick and you've picked against them every single week right exactly (laughs) but when does when does the luck you know kind of fall behind the talent Mm -hmm. you know in the playoff pedigree you know and I again I, I think that might be this week but who knows then moving on down into 5A Division 2, we'll have the winner of Region 1, Frisco Emerson, Mallory's beloved Frisco Emerson. Let's go! Um, taking on the winner of Region 2, the two-time reigning state champion in the South Oak Cliff Golden Bears. I'm not – I picked against him to come out of uh, the region, and that was dumb of me. I'm not doing it again. 
coach two times is going to get mad at me. I ain't I ain't picking against him two times. I can no. tell you that. No, I'm um, not either. So give me Sock. And then out of Region 3, it was the Port Natchez Grove Indians. They'll be taking on the Panthers of Liberty Hill down there in um, Region 4. I'm going to go with PNG for a rematch of last mm-hmm. year's state championship um, in 5A Division 2 where South Oak Cliff ended up beating PNG. Moving on down to 4A Division 1, maybe the game that I am not going to but most excited about for this entire state semifinal round is Decatur and Anna. Decatur coming out of Region 1, Anna coming out of Region 2. I think that is a fireworks factory. If you're going to be anywhere in the North Texas area, go to CH Collins. It'll be a blast. I think mm-hmm. Carter's going out there to that one. Very jealous very interested to see how that one turns out, but I'm going to give the Coyotes the nod there. And then the winner of Region 3, Tyler Chapel Hill, they'll be taking on San Antonio Davenport, another two-year varsity program here for the U, uh, in the UIL. Jeff Reardon, now's the time, my guy. Mm-hmm. He's been to this stage three different times in the last three years. This he's is got, the time I think it finally happens. He's got the talent, too. I mean, I think they're just absolutely loaded on offense. They're clicking on all cylinders mm-hmm. on defense as well. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, then this one is one that I might regret because I actually, and I usually never do this. Once I put down my first picks, I usually don't change them. I changed this one from last night to this morning. I didn't finalize the graphic. I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going Gilmer over Glenrose. I don't feel good about that. I think I should have stuck with my gut and went with Glenrose. I changed it. I, I'll get into that. I don't feel good about it. And I think they're going to be taking on the uh, Bramus of Belleville after Belleville defeats Wimberley. 3AD1, I'm going Malakoff to beat Brock. We will actually be at that game tonight. Correct. So very excited about that. And I am going, again, I'm not going to do it twice. I'm going the reigning state champs of Franklin to take down Edna in the Region 3 versus Region 4 state semifinal. 3AD2. Gunner and Canadian. I ugh. I don't know either. I don't know. I don't want to have to choose. We're going to that game in Abilene tomorrow. Super excited about it. Gonna take the Tigers. You never know with that no, one. You don't. Um, out of Region Three, it would be Dangerfield taking on Tidehaven. I'm gonna roll with Region Four. I'm okay. gonna say I I like I like this Tidehaven team, and so that's what I'm gonna do. Um, moving on to 2AD1, another one that just, oh my God, this one was the one I sat here and mold over forever. Toller and Stratford. I'll get into it. I'm taking the snake farm. They better not bite me in the butt. Uh-huh. Um, and then Timpson to take down Ganado. Uh, that one's out of region three, actually. I think I said that wrong. Um, and then 2A Division 2, I'll get into this again. I thought about this one for a long time. Albany taking on Sunray. I'm going to throw what I know here and go with Albany, and then I think that Mart takes down Chilton. So there are my picks. We'll go through those in a second, but let's see where you differed. Now, we we pretty much had most of the same picks. There were just a couple that were different. Okay. Um, so we'll kind of go through this quickly. 6A Division One is on par. Mm-hmm. Another Duncanville North Shore matchup there. 6A Division Two is kind of the first – where we differ. differ. Um, again, I'm going with DeSoto. Mm-hmm. I think they will get into it later, but they've got the playmakers, man. They are they're firing on all cylinders right now. 
And I went with Cibolo Steele. I think it's a smart pick. Man, that offense is just high-flying, and I think it just might be too much for this Humble Sumber Creek defense. But, again, we'll get more into that. 5A Division One is on par as well. I'm not picking against Alito. <laughs> no. I think they you do, not, looked, you do not bite the hand that feeds you. I like. think they looked outstanding last week against Abilene, and I am not – I think that they are just a much better team than than Forney. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, I'm going with Smithson Valley as well. Five A Division Two. Not Same picking thing. up against. Them no, again. I did I it once. Do I'm it. not doing it again. I can't do it. I uh, I actually chose Lovejoy to right. win, yes. <laughs> and so I realized <laughs> very quickly last week that uh, this sock team is is not here to mess around. No. Uh, they're here to play. They're here yeah, to, to win. Number to three. nothing was uh, was a punch in the gut for yes you, it my was friend. yes it was they put a fat donut on them um and then yes i'm picking them to maybe take on uh port nature's groves um that's rematch. also really a tough one too um because when you look at their matchup against liberty hill they also played last year too oh in my the god yeah so this would be literally another if they were to beat liberty hill this mm-hmm. would be kind of like that same storyline that they followed last year yep um in 4a division one both same on thing. par there, Anna and Chapel Hill. In mm-hmm. 4A Division Two, same kind of thing. <sighs> we should have been different. I've I am regretting Yeah. And you not know not going Glen Rose. You know the only thing that made me pick Gilmer over Glen Rose because I think they match up very, very well. Mm-hmm. It's just the playoff pedigree yep. that Gilmer has. Yep. And, and that's why I ultimately went with <laughs> Gilmer. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, well, I'll get into that because yes. I've got some thoughts. Yes. <laughs> 3A Division One, same. Uh, Malakoff. And then I picked Franklin as well out of the left side, right side of the bracket. 3A Division Two, I picked Gunner. Um, again, coin flip game. <laughs> I uh, I don't know what to expect from that game. Again, we're going to be there tomorrow night in so Abilene. Um, very, very excited for that one. But I don't know what's going to happen in that one uh two really fun teams to watch and then you picked Tidehaven and I decided to go with Dangerfield another coin flip type game um both of these teams are so much fun to watch I think stylistically they're a little different Mm -hmm. um we'll get into more of that later but I picked Dangerfield instead of Tidehaven to come out of the right side of the bracket in 3A division two in 2A division one this is where we differ too you picked Toller and I picked Stratford after which literally I am last shocked week. about. I am so shocked because you picked Stratford to win the region, didn't you? Uh, you've been you've been no. on the Stratford train. No, I picked for, I picked oh, Toller, okay, okay. but I picked Stratford. I no, sat there I and convinced you last week that I really, really thought that's what it was that Stratford Toler, was yeah. going to beat Holly. I and you were like, man, Tepper thinks it's the exact opposite. Like he thinks that Holly might roll, and I was like, I'm telling you. So yeah, I, that's I'm the one that convinced that's, that's you that, that Stratford rocks, and now I feel like a liar. Because I didn't pick them. Yeah, I, I went, know. I went back and forth on that one so stinking hard. I should have. Uh, uh, that's another. I hate predictions. That's <laughs> another coin flippy type game too. Um, and then uh, on the right side of the bracket, I picked Timson. Not. No. It's the year, man. I think it's the year of Terry Bussey. And then in 2A Division Two, we both align there with Albany um, and Mart. So uh, very similar. Yeah. Picks. So the ones that uh, we had different were 6A D2. Yes. Um, we had 382 and, and 281. So there was three in total that were different. So I have a feeling we'll have pretty similar stuff to say. So we'll yes. s- we can start off here with we'll s- you want to go smallest to largest? Let's go smallest to largest. Smallest I to like largest. That. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna start off with 2A Division Two. So 
I this told is, you I, I had morally conflicting things this morning looking at Sunray in Albany. I was going to say because Armando Luan is my guy. Is your guy. I And I don't blame you. Dude, 4,000 passing yards and 67 touchdowns, 60 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. That is tough to pick against. He's insane. Yeah. I mean, the kid is just crazy. And so here's the deal. I, I had Sunray, and I went back, and I was looking, and I was like, I don't know. I do think, and I don't, I don't like to lean into the championship pedigree. I know we talk about it a lot. I don't like to lean into that too much, but it got me on this one because, and the, the main reason is, is in the playoff prediction show that we had on Texas football today, we sat there and you and I both said that we picked Albany to win the state championship for one very specific reason that we said last year. Yep. Go back and check the receipts. The reason that I stuck with Albany in, is because we said it, that Coach Denny Faith finally got that illustrious state title last year for the first time after coaching at the same school for 36 years. Why not ride off into the sunset at that point? Exactly. Because he knew, he knew this team had the chance to go back and do it again. Right. He would not have stayed for his 37th year of coaching after finally getting a state title, if he genuinely did not think that this team could do it again. Yes. I've been preaching that since day one, and I had to stay true to my word, and I had to pick them. All of that being said, it would be unbelievable if Armando Luan walked out there tomorrow night, tonight, tonight, uh, tomorrow night. I think to a Division Two's tonight. Correct. Tonight, yes, yeah, 6 p.m. tonight in uh, Lubbock. And put the cape on his back and had the game of his life mm-hmm. to get literal Sunray into the state championship. Well, and I think that would be awesome. Well, and I think that's what absolutely has to happen because yes. this Albany defense is playing out of their minds right mm-hmm. now. They just look so dominant. And for me, I think I picked Albany, too, for the reason of they kind of have that guy in Adam Hill, Mm -hmm. their running back. And he's also a two-way player, too. He's really stepped up on both sides of the ball this year. Um, He's bigger. He's better. He's faster than Mm -hmm. he was last year. I think that's kind of what gives Albany here the edge Mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah, I think the game plan going into this is Sunray wants to get into a track meet. Yeah. They want to score. They want Armando Luan out there. Get him in. Get him off. Yeah, just let her rip. I almost said Holly. Albany wants to take it slow, Mm -hmm. let Adam Hill just run down the clock and use their defense to put as much pressure on Luan as they possibly Mm -hmm. can. It'll it'll be very interesting. I really wanted to go to this game. We weren't able to make it out there, um, but... I, I ultimately, I went with Albany because I've been preaching it since literally the end of last year of saying, we'll know how good Denny Faith thinks this squad mm-hmm. is going to be when he, if he comes back or not. Yeah. And he came back. And so I'm going to, I'm going to write it in and say, okay, look, maybe this is the year that coach Faith retires because he goes out and gets another one. Right. Right. Um, on the opposing side of the bracket, it is Coach Kevin Hoffman and his Mark Panthers taking on the Pirates of Chilton, which, by the way, I don't know if you saw my message in the Slack. It appears that Chilton sent Coach Hoffman and Mart Athletics a, uh, a care package before the game. Did um, they? That, I did not see this. That had a, uh, had a basketball in it. 
cinema thing of basketballs. Oh, which, um, no. Chilton's hoping that uh, they're playing at AT&T Stadium and Mart is blowing up basketballs next week, which especially being at a small school is just the funniest thing because they're you can't start basketball. You, you really can't. Yet, can like you? if you have a good football team in a two A to three A school, the chances of you having a really good basketball team are slim. Because all the same guys are playing, and you're not going to ditch trying to play for a state championship to go play in non-district basketball. So, hysterical. Yeah, it's funny. I want to see some of these records, too, these really good teams, because it's probably like 0-12, and, and then they hit district play, and it's just like, like undefeated. Show like, them. <laughs> yeah. I want to see some of them. That's funny. Exactly. Yeah, like <laughs> if you're looking at it, and they get to the state championship, and it's like, because you usually play like 24, 25 yeah, games. Right. If it's literally like 13 and 12, or 12 <laughs> and 13, it's like, how are they here? I know. <laughs> That's how. Um, so anyway, we both went with Mart on this yeah. one. So we, bo- we both agreed with Mart on that one. Um, they were down 20 to 10 against number five lady lady last Lovely. week heading into the half and then went off to roll off like 47 points. straight points insane. insane the the machine was back online um chilton offense is looking great mm-hmm. offense is firing which was crazy because at one point we didn't even know if chilton was going to be allowed to play in the playoffs because of stuff that was going on with a whole dec and right, potential right. illegal players that ended up getting resolved and nothing was wrong but this is exactly where chilton wanted to end up mm-hmm. ultimately i went with mart i think that they have looked like the dominant team all year long but the last last game was the first time we saw mart get challenged actually tested right i think this is another massive challenge for them but ultimately i think that the offensive weapons and uh, mart's been playing really good defense too Mm -hmm. i think that that'll be one of the toughest tests that a chilton offense has faced i think so too well and you kind of have to bring up the obvious here too i think tempers mentioned this before but in recent history in this division i mean region three has dominated region four oh yeah i mean a lot of that is, Mart. <laughs> I was going to say a lot of that is because Mart is there um, yeah. and they tend to just kind of coast by without any kind of repercussions in mm-hmm. region three. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I kind of feel like I have to go with the region three champ because of just recent history yeah. um, on that side of the bracket. Well, and I don't want to pick against Mart. <laughs> no. And that's the other thing is this is a, this is a revengeful feeling Mart. Yes. Last year, Mart was young. They made it to the state championship, mm-hmm. and they were very young. And so, one, these players have now, you know, 15 more games under their belt. Yeah. So they've grown, they've matured a lot, and two, they want that revenge game. Yes. There's nothing more than they would love than another shot shot at Albany and said, no, 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 that was a one-time thing. Yes, this is a this is a better Mart team than oh, what yeah. we saw oh, yes. last year. Yes. And I think that this has potential to be a fantastic, tasty AT and T. Yes matchup I completely agree and I think that I think it's a really 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 good Albany team I think they were a little bit more loaded last year yeah they figured it out in the back half of the season they look just as good but in the beginning part of the season I was a little bit more concerned yeah um but they would love nothing more at a shot Mm -hmm. back at Albany and that's uh that's what we think will happen Mm -hmm. moving on up now to 2a division one and I am stressed dude yeah I am too this is a this is a stressful game because we saw Toller last week. And they were week. rocking. They were rocking. Running back Peyton Brown was he fantastic. like a 30-year-old man you out couldn't, there. Marlon couldn't do anything to tackle that dude. No. He's huge. He's a bulldozer. I mean, <laughs> credit to Toller. They've got a great offensive line. Yes. I mean, they were able to block for him, create those holes mm-hmm. for him to get through. Great offensive line. 
But man, he's just big too. Like he, they were just a bigger team in general over Marlin. Um, I think their quarterback Isaac Blessing was he fantastic, was and Car- he was very, very impressive. And I think a lot of that you just don't typically see that kind of size either at no. the two A level. I mean, we looked at his size, and he was uh, he's listed six? at two oh five and yeah. like six one. I I think he's a little bit bigger than that. I think that might have been beginning of the year thing. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he's grown another inch and more around like two ten, two fifteen. He's a good size quarterback at any level, but especially. Right especially down at 2A Division One, he he looked good, and he's got a good arm, but the, the difference for Toller is their ability to rush the ball yes. with him specifically. Right, right, exactly. Now, I picked Stratford. Mm-hmm. All of that I, – I, I wish I wouldn't have said all those things about Toller because I'm just like, man, this is a good team. Uh, team yep. But I'm going to stick with Stratford because much like we'll talk about with Timpson here in a second, mm-hmm. they have their guy in Bryce Braden. Yep. He is the do-it-all guy for this Stratford team. Mm-hmm. He's absolutely fantastic. Now, he is the leading passer, mm-hmm. the leading rusher. It gets better. You want more? No, oh, yeah. The leading tackler, mm-hmm. the leading sackle, sacker, <laughs> and he leads the team in tackles for loss. This is light the work. D- light work. Uh, this is the do-it-all guy for this Stratford team. Now, if Toller can figure out some kind of way to contain him, and that's the key to this matchup here, mm-hmm. then I pick Toller. But it's going to be tough. I think that this guy is ready for yep. the big time situation. I think their win last week over who's Holly, Stra- Holly last week. They're and they, juiced up they after beating just- the thing too. They didn't just win. They They whomped them. Yes. They're they're juiced up after defeating the defending 2A Division I champ from last Mm -hmm. year. I give give Stratford the slight edge there, but, man, it's going to be close. This one was one I just mulled over. I just mulled over it and mulled over it, and I couldn't figure it out because I think the thing for me with Stratford, yes, uh, Braden's fantastic. Uh, Their defense is so sound. It is so sound. But the thing that finally, that really pushed it over the edge for me, really, it was Isaac Blessing because Peyton Brown is Uh so good and he is so difficult to defend that they're going to have to most of the time double team him off the edge. So when you're so focused on Peyton Brown, the thing that changes it for me is that Isaac Blessing has the arm to be able to Mm -hmm. throw it a really nice deep ball. But the biggest thing is that he is dangerous he is dangerous on his feet mm-hmm. that's that was the difference between the marlin game last week it was because they would send peyton brown out on a route to the end zone and isaac would run around the eyes scramble, would go there yep. and then the moment that he decides that he's gonna run it he goes yep. and he's bigger than most lines at that level now right that again could lead into stratford's favor because they're pretty stratford's big up big. front very big up front so this this is the definition this was mm-hmm. probably the most this one and like one other are the most coin flip games that I could mm-hmm. not put my finger down on. Ultimately, I'm going to go with the Snake Farm. I was so impressed by what we saw from them last week. Um, I think that they're big up front. Uh-huh. That that offensive line specifically did not look like a two A Division One offensive line. Yes. So I think that they will be able to provide protection for Blessing in the back to either distribute it to Peyton Brown or to at least create a hole to get those necessary yards on third and short. Right. Is it crazy to say that it feels like? This is a battle of who's going to be better up front. Yep. 
Nope. The offensive, the Toller's offensive line mm-hmm. taking on Stratford's defensive line. I think that's the match. I think that's, that's where your eyes go. Is the battle of the trenches here? Mm-hmm. I really think that's where your eyes go, and I think whoever wins there wins this game. Yep, because both of them, both of them have plenty of skill players on the outside, or or Absolutely. the guy that can Exa- just do exactly. it. Exactly right. Uh, this, is, no, this is this is who's bigger, who is more physical and dominant up front. Yep, completely agree. Um, so I went Toller. She went Stratford. <laughs> Well, and here's we the know. thing. Here's the thing too. Like we've seen Toller, they're yes. very convincing. I haven't seen Stratford. Yeah, I want to see Stratford. Yep. they're far. You know, yeah. so it's like maybe I would have been ch- my mind would have changed if I had been able to see Stratford, mm-hmm. but I haven't. So yep, dude, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, on the other side of the bracket, we have a matchup that I don't think anybody was expecting. And I think that if you were saying that you were expecting this, other than maybe the people in the Ganado locker room, you're wrong. Like, you're lying. Yes. Um, Timpson taking on Ganado, not Refurio. Nope. <laughs> T- what? <laughs> that game. Oh, my gosh. Dude. That game last week where Ganado took it to Refurio. I mean, took it to them. Impressive. Absolutely impressive. T- Ganado has every right to call us out for not thinking that they could do that. Absolutely. They called us out in like week one or week two, and we we're like, okay, let's see when you get to Refurio. Well, and here's the thing for me is that this was a rematch game. Yep. And they played each Refurio, other in week 11. Refurio stomped them by like 27, 27 points, points I think. the first time around. Yep. And I kind of just figured the same thing was going to happen. Refurio, again, we're talking about playoff pedigree here. Mm-hmm. They've got it. They know how to win in these big-time situation games. So that's why I was – my mouth dropped to the ground when we were at the Toller game last week because you pulled me aside and you looked at me and you said, yeah, Ganado is absolutely romping Refurio right now. It's it's insane. I was like, by how many points? And you were like, um – by like four touchdowns, <laughs> and I was like, "Excuse me, what? How so did that happen? How did that happen?" But yeah, that's a we did not expect a uh, Timson Ganado nope. ma- semifinal matchup here. Nope. I, I admit that <laughs> definitely did not. Um, it was just it was impressive. Dylan Holt has looked fantastic for mm-hmm. that uh, Ganado team, so I'll be really interested to see. Here's the deal, man. I I went with Timson, and I feel good about that. I do too. I don't feel as good as I thought I would about that going into it. And the main thing is J.J. Garner got hurt. He's hurt. We don't know. I'm going to be honest. Like, I haven't asked. I haven't talked to Thurwanger. I don't know the status of J.J. Garner or how bad the injury is. But without him, it actually is more of a factor than what I would have thought heading into the playoffs. Because, obviously, they have the guy. They have Terry Bussey, the five-star athlete. You know, he – last year's Mr. Texas football player of the year he is that guy and Mm -hmm. we were so excited to watch him be that guy JJ Garner has stepped up in a huge way in the playoffs and it's funny Mm because I said it the other day on TFT but I compared him to if you remember last year when we were all popping off about Bryson Washington being like the unbelievable running back for Franklin Franklin. and blah blah Mm -hmm. blah and he really was and then Jaden Jackson the sophomore came out of nowhere we were like who is that what in the world three a running back clone (laughs) him and make another Bryson Washington that's how I feel about with this one yeah right Terry Bussey is the guy. Everyone knows that. But you know how much it helps to have a J.J. Garner there that you can take, take some of the pressure off of, off of yes. it? Because they have Vosky Howard, and he's been fantastic. You know, um, he might have been hurt at one point. I don't I yeah, think he's Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I'm just – I'm interested in this game because what 
uh, Ganado did so well against Refugio. One was great line play, but two, they didn't allow Ernest Campbell to do the thing of being the guy and the explosive athlete and all that stuff. Their defense found a really, really unbelievable way to wrap him up, to not let him get open and neutralize the rest of the threats that they had on right. the offensive side of the ball. Refurio kills people with speed. That's the name of the game when it comes to Refurio uh -huh. ball, and Ganado did not let that happen. How does Timpson kill people with speed? Yep. And with the guy. explosive plays. So this one is really going to come down to, I think, again, is Ganado's defense able to limit those explosive plays? And is Terry Bussey, because he had to kind of put on the cape last week, which he is very capable of doing, but that was the most that they had been tested after J.J. Garner went out. Right. Well, and here you can, you can kind of see that last year when Timson and Refurio met up, all they had was Terry Bussey, mm -hmm. right? And they were able to find a way to shut him down, yep. right? So these teams know, just like Ganado did with Furio last week and Ernest Campbell, mm -hmm. this team is very aware of how to shut a team down that has the guy. And especially Now, when I think Terry Bussey is better is, yep. than Ernest Campbell. Yes, I agree. But does Terry Bussey get tired? Mm -hmm. You know, what happens if he doesn't have – that next the guy behind game. him, yeah. right? He, what if he cannot get, produce a superstar game? Because again, what if he gets hurt? What if he gets tired? Mm -hmm. Because that's kind of what we've been relying on when we're talking about Timpson and then making it to AT&T mm -hmm. Stadium is because yes, it's Terry Bussey's last year. Yep. You know, he's a senior this year. He's going off to wherever mm -hmm. next year, Texas A&M. But you know, what happens if they can shut him down. Right. And and I will say, the one thing that does make me feel a little bit good about that is Terry Bussey was hurt earlier in the year, and Timpson was still fine. And I think that that's why J.J. Garner got so good. He got that, oh, crap, I that, have to step those it reps up in, Yeah, thing. right. Now it's back the other way. So injury definitely playing a factor of making this game a little bit more interesting than I thought that it was going to be. But Ganado keeps proving us wrong. So ultimately, I'm going with Timpson. I feel pretty good about that pick. Um, but we'll see. Who knows? Um, so I've got Toller playing Timpson in the state championship. You have Timpson playing Stratford, Stratford, both of which would be fantastic games. Yes. Um, that would be the night game of Wednesday night. Yeah, because 281 goes first this year. Correct. Right. Um, moving up now to 3A Division Two. This would be the early morning state championship game. No, 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 no. That's a lie. Is it? It's the uh, afternoon game. Because three division no, two goes first, so this is this would be the morning game. Um, regardless, Canadian and Gunner oh. part seven. Yes, <laughs> they just keep doing that thing. And here here's the thing, honestly, that I I don't have I don't need to spend a whole lot of time on this game because we talk about it every single year. It is a coin flip every every single, single year. Year. I mean, Canadian is the number one offense right now in the entire state in three division two. Gunner's quarterback Walker Overman has looked absolutely fantastic their defense is operating gunner's defense is operating right now um they did allow 33 points to jacksboro last week so Which that was, was shocking that's kind of shocking for how great their defense has been mm -hmm. all year i mean they've been producing shutouts all year so that 33 points is a, i also was talking to step last night and he thinks that gunner's defense is a little banged up too oh really which is a little kind of concerning. concerning i don't know if that gives you the slight edge with yeah. canadian um, but either way, I think they're gonna be able to figure it out. Yeah. I, I don't have anything to say about this game other than it's going to be an absolute banger. Like it always mm -hmm. is maybe even mm -hmm. more so this year than it has been in a couple of the years past, 
really excited for this one. We'll be in Abilene for it. If you're there, come say hi. Um, the other side of that bracket, Dangerfield coming out of Region 3, Tidehaven coming out of Region 4. This is one that we disagreed on, and this is another coin flip for me. I think that Dangerfield, to me, has the more explosive Correct. playmakers. I think Tidehaven might be the better overall team as a unit. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of just which, what do you put more stock into? Right. This is a very, especially on the offensive side of the ball, I think that this is a very stylistic differential type matchup oh, yeah. here. Because like you said, Dangerfield, they like to air it out. With quarterback Chase Johnson and what he's been able to do for this offense this year, He's been absolutely they incredible. Want the home run he, play. They want the home run. They, they want the explosive <laughs> plays. They want to break defenses there over the top. Yep. They but want then, their defense spending a lot more time out there than their offense. Exactly. But when you look at Tidehaven, exactly. they're a little bit more slower paced, mm -hmm. right? Uh, they're running back Joseph Dodd, the, the Baylor commit. Oh, he's so good. He's, he's been so very, fun to watch. He's very, very good. So they both have those kind of star power, you know? I think it comes down to is if you're picking Tidehaven, can Tidehaven slow down Mm -hmm. this danger field offense, and can they make Chase Johnson a little bit uncomfortable in the pocket? For me, I think it came down to I think danger field, I think they're, they're just going to be a little bit too much for this defense to handle. Yeah. Um, I think this is probably the, the the most explosive defense or offense that they've had oh, to yeah. face Aaron Hampton all year. alone is probably the most right. explosive player that they've seen. Exactly. So I don't know if they're going to be able to contain – that right. explosive type offense. Yeah, and for me, it was the exact opposite in I think that Tidehaven does such a good job of managing the clock mm -hmm. and running time out that if your defense can go and have like their first four, if their offense can go have their first four drives and just mull out the clock, just really, really milk it for as much as you possibly can, your then all your defense has to do is go out there and get two to three key stops. Mm -hmm. You just need two to three because Dangerfield is going to get theirs. There will be explosive plays. But if you can limit that early on to where they're having to have the pressure to crank out those big mm -hmm. plays in the latter portion of the game, that's where I think Tidehaven can go. They're, they're first. We're going to know a lot about this game in the first quarter. First quarter. Is how Absolutely. I feel. Because I how much time in that first possession is Tidehaven able to milk the clock and how quickly or how much is that defense able to go out there and get a couple of key stops early I think if you can get a couple key stops early that Tidehaven can win this game so it's funny we went completely Lee different yeah there, right but Which, it was for the same reasoning we just liked one side one over the other and I just think that's you know how do you like your offense right exactly. it's just kind of literally that's how I went with it you know exactly. I I don't know who coin flip type game I think it's going to be fun no matter what yes completely agree I also think it's more fun when they like completely milk the clock forever and then the team that always makes explosive things like has to make an explosive play at the yeah, end like, like throw the ball yeah <laughs> throw it far I love it <laughs> injected um all right moving on to my favorite classification 3a division one and I'm not scared to say it um tonight 7 p.m from the yeah. star we'll be watching Brock and Malakoff tasty 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 <laughs> I'm I went with Malakoff yep I saw Malakoff absolutely destroy Grandview in the regional semifinals. <laughs> yes. My dad and I went out there. We saw a dead body. We left. We came back. We ate leftover turkey. Fantastic time. Um, Malakoff. Uh, uh, oh, gosh. What's his name? Mike Jones. No. Who? <laughs> uh, no, their quarterback, Mike Jones, looks great. 
thing about him that I don't think many people who haven't watched Malakoff understand, he is lethal with his legs. Is he really? Lethal yeah. with his legs, especially anytime he's in the red zone. Because where do you think it's going? You think it's going to Jerron Hall, which is a sophomore superstar at running back. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chauncey Hogg. Yes. He is fantastic. Now, he's he's the threat in the back of the end zone. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes them so dangerous is – Jerry and Hall will take it 50 yards down into the end zone and you're set up and then you don't know what to do from there. And that's where Mike Jones comes into play because you're thinking it's going to be some sort of a fade route or a curl route or something into the back of the end zone. And Chauncey Hogg is going to come up and be the big time catch. He's huge. He's awesome. And then Mike, Mike Jones, Jones just hoops. takes off. <laughs> He's it's crazy. That's it. This offense, it's I cannot threat. wait for you to see it tonight in person. It is so stinking fun. Flip it around on the other side. Brock is a fantastic football team. Yes. They did the same thing that they did last year that they've done this year. They schedule probably one of the most gruesome non-district schedules. They go out there, they lose, people yell at us for having them in the rankings. Then they get to district, blow past everybody, and then they get to these games. And this is the reason why they schedule so tough in the early part of the year because they're conditioned to play tough teams, which is what Malakoff's going to be bringing to them on a platter tonight. Yes, absolutely. I... Much like uh, the, what was it, Dangerfield and Tidehaven game, I think this is definitely a clash of the offenses yes. here, very stylistically, because when, you, like you just said, when you talk about Malakoff, this offense is absolutely lethal. They can hit you in the mouth many, many different ways. They're fast. Um, but then when you flip it over to the Brock side, they play kind of a slower-paced version of mm-hmm football uh much like Tidehaven they run the ball a lot but they're very big that yep. is a big big team yep so I think my eyes are going with the Malakoff offense against what this what they can do against this big Brock defense which is so funny because for so many years I feel like all we've talked about with Brock has been their offense yeah because like back in the day when they had a uh, cash what was his name cash something their running back, mm-hmm. how he would just go. I mean, it was like it was like literally covering those games because I had to cover a couple Brock games. Was like, oh, well, I'm getting a workout in today because right, right. And it's like, but no, their defense has looked outstanding this year, and that's what I'm so excited for with this game. Yeah, genuinely excited. I'm going Malakoff. I think they have too many offensive weapons. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how great I feel about that, but they, I mean, they, they looked unbelievable when I saw them play in the regional finals. And I know they looked unbelievable last week, which so did Brock going out there and just destroying paradise in a rematch. Right. In a rematch too. I yep. thought that it was going to be one of those things where like, is it, it's going to be tough to beat a, a good team twice, right? It was mm-hmm. one of those games for me, but man, like Brock really proved themselves last week. And I think that was a 21 to seven win or something that's the thing about Brock is that they don't win big but they'll beat you up front mm-hmm. like they're gonna make you hurt in the morning yep. they, they might not put that up that many points but they're gonna make you pay for it yeah this one is exciting I'm Correct. very excited we will be there in like four hours <gasps> I know <laughs> I can't wait <laughs> I love the streets semifinals. <laughs> um all right, and then in the other side of the 3A Division One bracket, it is the two-time reigning state champs and the Franklin Lions taking on the Cowboys of Edna. Um, I went Franklin with this one because, as I said, we were dumb to not pick Franklin 
to win their region. Yeah. I don't want to make that mistake again with a two-time reigning state champ. That's taking nothing away from Edna. Let me say that one more time into the camera. That's taking nothing away from Edna. Edna has a very good football team. Yes. Edna has a very good football team. Okay? I understand that. This is a team full of athletes from Franklin that have been here the past two years. This is a team that lost Bryce and Washington to graduation. And they continue to do. And they're back here in a state semifinal game with a running back that last year blew us away as a sophomore. Uh He's now only a junior and is destroying people in Jaden Jackson. I mean, I think that their defense, the, the other thing is the defense has looked outstanding for Franklin all year long. Yeah, I think so too. And they still run the slot tee, don't oh they? Yeah. yeah, they're they're a master class. Much like Liberty Hill, they're a master class mm-hmm. at running the slot tee. And last year, if you remember, these two teams met in the semifinals last year, mm-hmm. and then Franklin. And I don't think Edna could really figure out how to stop them because no. that is – that is such a tough offense to face. On I top, mean, it just drives you insane. On top of the fact that when you look at 3A on the right side of the bracket, 3A Division One Region 3 has to be one of the toughest regions through and through out of any classification. Uh-huh. Franklin, Lorena, Columbus, Hitchcock, Little River Academy. I mean, almost every single team in that region we could have seen coming out of this region. But the thing that they all have in common is speed. Mm-hmm. Speed is the name of the game up there. Yep. You go down You're to exactly region right. four, it's a Power. bunch of big old hard-hitting boys. Mm-hmm. Okay, And what they want to do is they want old-school smouth mash. I said that right. Mouth smash, mouth mash, football. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I short circuited. (laughs) Um, And that's just which one wins out. Will the power and the huge guys that Edna have, especially along the line, prove to be too much for Franklin to where they can't just run willy nilly and keep up with it, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, they're just going to pound and pound and pound. Or will Franklin be too fast and tire Edna out in about the fourth quarter? Like, I think, I think it's going to be close for at least the first half. I think I so think too. in the third quarter is when we're going to start to see, does Franklin look exhausted because they're running into brick walls the whole time? Mm-hmm. Or does Edna look gassed because they can't keep up with Franklin's speed? Yes. That's, that's it. That's the whole story. I'm going with the two-time reigning champ. Very good matchup between two really good teams. Saying that again, two really good teams. I think Franklin gets the nod just out of based out of last year. They could not keep up with the speed. No. And I think you have to go with playoff pedigree, too. This team knows how to win in these types of situations. And Edna kind of didn't know what to do last year. Also, I will say this. Edna has a fantastic run through. We've talked about it. The gate. (laughs) The gate. Ish loves it. I think it's really cool. We got to see him in person last year. Yep. It's pretty dang cool. So, you do have a cool run through. (laughs) Correct. Anyways. (laughs) Moving on now to 4A Division 2. This will be the. I don't even know at this point. The early game on Friday, I think. It's happening at some point next week. Um. This one is the one that I feel like I'm kicking myself. Gilmer, go out there and win this thing so that way I, d- I don't Seriously. wake up in the middle of the night going, no! No. <laughs> um, Glen Rose and Gilmer, this one is so hard to choose for a couple of different reasons. But one, Gilmer had an 
did the unthinkable. They beat Carthage for the first time out of their last eight meetings. It finally happened. And and see, that's that's it for me. It was that win last week that convinced me, like, this team is for real. Like, because they've already gotten past that hump. Mm-hmm. That was that was kind of their thing. Like, how are we going to get past Carthage? See, and, that's- and that's what I think is – I think that they've done that. That was on their calendar. That yes. day was circled on oh, their 100%. calendar. Yes. And I, now that they've oh. done that, I think playoff pedigree comes into play here. I give them the edge over, over Glen Rose. But that's the thing that scares me. This is the exact reason why I have trust issues. Is I know. Because they've had that game circled on their calendar. Are they going to overlook this Are they going to overlook Glen Rose? Are they looking at AT&T Rose? Stadium? This is a Glen Rose team that started the year one and four. I know. This is a Glen Rose team that lost all their good players, players after to graduation. they almost beat Carthage in the state semifinal oh, last man. year. Oh, man. Wasn't that like a 3-2 overtime game or something like oh, that? Oh, it was. No, it was on the very last play of the drive. Oh, that's they, what it was. It was okay. the very last drive of the game. Glen Rose, there are certain people that say that Glen Rose was not in control of that Carthage game the whole time last year. Let me tell you, and I have told those people specifically in this office how wrong they are because I watched the game. <laughs> Glen Rose was in control of that Carthage game last year in the state semifinals, okay? Carthage got their own. Don't get me wrong. They scored. Glen Rose had the chance to go back and score. They get to the 50-yard line. A fumble completely ended it. They were moving. Uh-huh. Okay, so this is a Glen Rose team that you would talk about championship pedigree. You're mm-hmm. right. They haven't been there in a minute, but they were in the state semifinals last year. They were advanced further than what Carthage or what Gilmer did last right. year. So they've played on that stage. They've played on this specific stage against Carthage, and they lost in heartbreaking fashion. Mm-hmm. Now, they lost a lot of those kids, and that's why we thought that they weren't going to be back here. And then here they are, back here to take on a Gilmer team. Caden Tennyson has looked fantastic for Gilmer, and that's ultimately why I went with them. But it makes me we're, – we're on the same team. We both picked Gilmer. Yes, yes. It makes me so nervous that you can sit there and go, Carthage, Carthage, Carthage. We did it. We won. We did it. That's their – Is that enough? our state championship. Right, right. You know? Is that – Then they go into a team that started off 1-4 and four, and most people probably think shouldn't even be here at this point. Do you overlook them? Yeah, <laughs> it makes me so nervous. It does. And I ultimately I'm am picking have, Gilmer, but it makes me nervous. Yep. When is this game? Because I, I'm going to keep this it very close. This is 7 p.m. tomorrow at okay. Pro- in Prosper. Yeah. Oh, man, dude. There's so many good games I want to go to, I but know. this one is definitely because it's like, yeah, like you said, which scenario do you go with? Yep. Do you go with the playoff pedigree that Gilmer possesses? Do you go with the star power that they have? Or do you go with a team that's going to sneak up on you, punch you in the mouth? I don't know. Not to mention, Glen Rose's defense has forced 21 turnovers They're this very year. good. That defense, defense is stout. Is good. Yeah. They're really good. And you cannot overlook them. And I, I'm nervous. I'm very nervous. We're on the same team, but I'm very nervous. We can't keep thinking about it or we're going to go back on our picks. <sighs> okay. Up next, on the left side, right side, right side of the bracket. Mm-hmm. We're going back right. Belleville and Wimberley. Really intrigued in this matchup for a couple of different reasons. I think that Wim- I went with Belleville. I think you went with Belleville I as well. I did too. Yes. That is a dangerous team. Oh, my God. I'll get to Belleville. So, Wimberley is a team that ran through Region 4, mm-hmm. just like they have in the past. Cody Stover, their quarterback, is really coming into form. You remember Cash McCollum was there. Cash left and went to China Spring. They brought in – then Cody Stover, Stover ended up in. taking yeah. over. He has looked exceptional all year long, but they haven't really been tested in a hot minute. Since Brock. Since Brock. In week three – very four, early on three, in the season, yeah. I think. Very, very early on. So 
we've seen a lot of really good Wimberley football, but we haven't seen them be tested a whole lot. This Belleville team is a test. This Belleville team is insane. Credit to Tepper. He picked them to win the region, and he was the only one. They are incredible. I mean, mm-hmm. incredible. On the offensive side of the ball, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, what's their – oh, gosh, I have it written down somewhere. They seem to be literally – DJ Sanders clicking. in the middle of the defensive line. If you want to yes. watch this game just for him, he's a blast. They seem to be just clicking on yes. all cylinders right now. They're number one in scoring offense. Mm-hmm. They're number one in scoring defense. And they're number two in the entire state across all classifications and divisions – in margin of victory. So they are beating teams by an average of 49 points a game. Which now is again, funny because that's, what, that's team, what Wimberley's doing too. Ab- absolutely. Now, again, I was going to say, now this Wimberley team is going to be a big test for them. Mm-hmm. But I'm going with Belleville because I think that they're the more complete I do team. too. I think, I that think they're, that, yes, I think yes. they're a little bigger too. Uh, yes, I think yeah. Wimberley's got more of the speed advantage. Belleville has the hard-hitting physical power, all of that. The thing that I'm interested in is how well does Wimberley handle the slot T, but I do believe yes. that Geronimo Navarro also runs the slot T. Somebody can yell at me in the comments if I'm wrong about that, mm-hmm. but that's their big-time district matchup year in and year out. So I do think that they are pretty experienced in defending it. Yes. Um, I could be wrong about that, but I really think – I think Geronimo Navarro runs the slot T. Yeah. So if that's the case, that is definitely an advantage that Wimberley has that a lot of the teams playing Belleville have not had. Right, right. So, and, those, and those backs for Belleville, those oh three God. backs for Belleville are – insane dude yeah if you want like the most impressive stat lines go look at the running backs or the fullbacks halfbacks whatever every slot t calls them different things yes you never know which one is which and that's the whole purpose of the slot t if you were wondering yeah there's Um, there's three (laughs) of them there's uh i had their names written down dd murray sam rinicky and corn hood yes corn hood was awesome all three of them together have produced over five thousand yards this year and 79 total touchdowns between those three players. Jeez. They run the slot T like a masterpiece. Yes. They know how to do it. Yes, they really do. So that one that one's interesting. Ultimately, I'm going to go with Belleville. I think I Same. think they're the more well-rounded team um especially on the defensive side of the ball. So Gilmer and Belleville, Glenrose and Belleville, Wimberley and Bell. We we don't know. We I don't <laughs> we don't know. I don't know on any of these. Like <laughs> I flipped a coin on most of <laughs> these. So <laughs> Um, all right, for a Division One now, a game that man, I wish we could be at tomorrow. I'm super excited for uh, Gunner Canadian because that's a big, that's been a big bucket list. I will have knocked off Grandview Malakoff and Canadian and Gunner all in the postseason. Those rocks. are those are two rivalries that I wanted to see in the <laughs> rivalries, playoff rivalries. Um, anyway, Decatur three A girl and Anna. Oh, correct. Uh, <laughs> Decatur and Anna rocks. A rematch. That's. That's my that's my statement. That's my take on From it. From week one. It rocks. These oh, yeah. two teams played in week one. And here we are in week 15. And here we are in running the it state back. semifinals running it back. Yep. Anna eventually won 37, 37 to 30, to 30 mm-hmm. I believe. Yep. But, man, this is also a coin flippy type game. Uh-huh. You know? I mean, I think Anna, I think Anna has the guy in Jacob Emmers. Mm-hmm. He has proved that he can, he can show out in big time situations yep. because he's the reason that they're back, here. I was going to say, <laughs> if you throw it back to the regional semifinals, mm-hmm. I believe when Anna took on Frisco Panther Creek, that game was neck and neck the, the whole entire time. time until Jacob Emmers was released catch. <laughs> at the end of the game in the end zone, I believe. And he caught it 
and they won the game over Frisco Panthers. It was yeah, Creek. it was a game winning catch. It was a game winning. Yes, it was an insane catch. Correct. So well, he, and DeAndre so, Williams has really come yeah. into play as as the quarterback there. He's really looking good. Right. So I'm just saying, I think that Anna knows how to win mm-hmm. in these big time situations. They've already beat this this Decatur team once, which is a very very good Decatur mm-hmm. team. Don't get me wrong. But I give the edge to Anna for that reason. Yeah, I gave the edge to Anna because I feel like they are a little bit more multiple in their offensive attack. I think that this game is pointsy. I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of defense in this game. No. I think if you are looking for the fireworks factory, this is the game that you go to. The reason I gave the edge to them is because I think Anna's ground attack has really come into play too. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Emmers is great, but they, they do have a little bit of that. The real question here for me is that uh, – Decatur's running back Nate Palmer Nate is Palmer. back from injury. Jacob Palmer. Jacob Palmer. Um back from injury. How how effective is he? Because they made it work when he was not there. And if he's back up to full strength, he has the capability to take over a game single-handedly. Yeah. So I agree. they need to it's going to be difficult for Anna in the fact that they don't have game film on him mm-hmm. because he was out from injury. So that that could definitely play a factor. Ultimately, I think I like Anna more, but I think that this one is going to be pointsy. Very fun, too. Very fun. All right, on to the right side of the bracket here in a 4A Division One. It is the winners of Region 3, Tyler Chapel Hill, the Bulldogs, taking on the second-year varsity program in San Antonio, Davenport. What an unbelievable job that they have done down there, the mm-hmm. Wolves. Um, Jeff Reardon, it's time to cash that check. Yes. They, you've, you've been here, man. You've been here. These these guys have been here. I mean, Brisbane has been unbelievable. They they just they've <laughs> they worried me in the middle of the season. That loss to Kilgore was not good. The loss to Lindale was Lindale terrible. Lindale was bad. Like just bad. I finally got the answer from Chapel Hill last week that I have been looking for for three years now, and it was the fact that they went up against a Kilgore team that prides itself off of being hard-hitting, ground-and-pound, we're-gonna-put-your-face-in-the-dirt type of team. That's the games that Chapel Hill always lost. They could get into a shootout with anybody, but when someone punched him in the mouth, it never seemed like they could super punch back. Right. Now they did. They shut us all up by beating Kilgore because they played tough physical ball last right. week. We know we know what that offense is with quarterback Demetrius Brisbane, mm-hmm. running back Ricky Stewart. They are a high-powered offense, yes. right? But on the defensive side of the ball, that's never really been the name of the game for them, no, right? Their lines, even like their offensive right. line made me nervous. Right. So I think that what says a lot about that game last week against Kilgore is that that was a defensive win. You can look at that as that was a – you took a really, really good Kilgore mm-hmm. offense and you shut them down. You held them to 19 points yep. in that fact. And I think that's what pushed me over the edge yep. with San Antonio Davenport is that this Tyler Chapel Hill is kind of clicking on all cylinders right now. Mm-hmm. That defensive – again, defensive win last week was fantastic. I think they're the more complete team here yep. when you're looking at it as a whole. And then what – I mean, like, th- not to count out Davenport at all. No. I mean, this is a team that's in its second year as a varsity program, not to mention we didn't think that they would be here because they lost Shastin Golden. Mm-hmm, I mean, right. he was electric. God, he was fun to watch mm-hmm. last year. He was just – I mean, he single-handedly put this program on the map. They lose him. We're like, 
okay, cool. They had the one good guy. Now they're going to get their feet under them, still build culture, blah, blah, blah. Here they are playing in a state semifinal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so they've lost that. But uh, Tristan Hamlin, their quarterback, has really, really done a good job this year. He's kind of taken over for that Shastin Golden um, leaving. And so they they blew the doors off of Port Lavaca Calhoun last week. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sand Crabs did not <laughs> did not fare well that day. No. <laughs> um, so it'll be interesting. There's star power on both sides of the both sides, but I really feel like, like you said, finally seeing Chapel Hill go, no, man, we can punch people back in the mouth. They're going to need to do that against a very big San Antonio Davenport team. So interested, really, really interested in this one. Um, I give Tyler Chapel Hill the nod. So I think Anna and Chapel Hill would make for one heck of a good state championship game if we could get it. it. Yes, it would. All right, moving on to 5A Division Two, We picked a rematch of this for the state championship in South Oak Cliff and Port Natchez Grove. So this week, South Oak Cliff is taking on Frisco Emerson, another second-year varsity program there um, under head coach Kendall Miller and just outstanding what they've been able to do. Um, only I didn't realize this until Tepper said it, but only the third Frisco ISD team to yeah. reach this level. Lone Star um, and then at Frisco High. I think yeah, Frisco the High two. met in the state semifinal and then uh, Lone Star's been in the championship yes. under Rayburn so um but Mike Hawkins has had that offense rolling mm-hmm. for Frisco Emerson the entire time um but again let's let's revisit 42 to nothing over Lovejoy for South Oak Cliff last that week. was my state champion pick was yeah. Lovejoy because I I've liked this Lovejoy team mm-hmm. all season they are that is a team full of stars <laughs> star talent skill players left and right here and they came out and they hung a donut yep on them and this Frisco Emerson team is pointsy. Yep. They're averaging 57 points a game. I don't think they can do that against this sock defense no. because this sock defense, how they play up front is terrifying. They're punching you in the mouth. Seeing that come into fruition has been a lot of fun because, I mean, you know, last year they almost every single person on that defense last year had a D1 offer. That's yes. one. That's one of the <laughs> most talented defenses that we've seen in Texas high school football in a long time. Yes. I mean, Katie in 2015 was really good. Obviously everyone talks about danger field and I don't know as a unit that the South Oak Cliff defense played as well as that, but from a individual player perspective, mm-hmm. unbelievable. Yeah. I, the talent that was on that defense. So they lose all of that. You know, you lose Manny Muhammad and it's like, okay, where, where are we going from here? Is this South Oak Cliff defense going to be able to do that? And I think they went out there and shut everybody the hell up last week and here's the thing about sock too it's kind of like a brock situation right they schedule really Really tough tough. they play duncanville they play DeSoto, and then they get by a lot they played lancaster right exactly and then they kind of cruise through district play right and then they get to the playoffs and we're reminded like oh yes socks good socks really good you know But it's too late before we, because we already produced our regional picks, yep. and then we're like, oh, oh yeah, this sock team's crap. probably going to do they're, a three-peat. They're doing like, it again. They're doing that sock thing again. This defense, for, they've produced four shutouts this year. Mm-hmm. They don't let you score on them. No. First Gomerson's not going to drop 57 points on them. No. Kyle Ward is a mastermind he is when it comes to defense. Absolute I mean, mastermind. If this, is not, if this is not all the proof you need, I don't know what is. No. Mastermind when it comes to defense. His guys are rolling yes. right now. And then on the offensive side of the ball, William Little has really come into form at the quarterback position. I love watching Danny Green run the ball. Yes. He is he is a fun talent mm-hmm, to watch. Mm-hmm. So um, both going south of Cliff here, we were – 
we were dumb in not picking them to win the region. Uh, we admit that openly. Um, but this Frisco Emerson team can score, so it it'll be fun. It'll I think. be fun. Yeah, I I definitely think that Frisco Emerson is going to be able to put up points. There's yes. no doubt about that. Mike Hawkins is is unbelievable. I would be shocked if this one was a shutout. I was yes, shocked that no. Lovejoy was a shutout, but I would be more shocked if Frisco Emerson Agreed. was a shutout. Yes, I agree there. I agree there. All right, so there you go. And then on the right side of the bracket, it is a game that we saw at this stage last year in PNG and Liberty, Liberty Hill. Hill. This one, 7 p.m. Friday at Cypher FCU Stadium. Um, and and it's it's the same script as last year. Jeff Joseph, we talked about Kyle Ward being an unbelievable mm-hmm. mastermind when it comes to defense. Jeff Joseph is also a mastermind when it comes to defense. Mm-hmm. And he is prepared to take on the vault the vaunted uh slot t and um scary which i guess doesn't make sense because vaunted means in the air so i don't know why i said that but anyway uh, scary slot t it is scary (laughs) it is the devil and there is not a single program i think out there that runs it more effectively than what liberty hill does kind of a little off topic but not really have you seen the sickos committee tweet that i Yes, in the slack I did it was it was a, if you guys aren't familiar with sickos committee they uh they like to tweet about just funny things that happen around the sports world that mm-hmm. most people don't pay attention to right so they found a video of Liberty Hill running the slot T against I don't know what team that was but they quote tweeted and they were just like what in the hell is this like yep. how do they run that so effectively? effectively but Liberty Hill and I would say even Franklin yeah. have it down to a T haha <laughs> so they run the Oh, all right, time to end the show. Give We're done. <laughs> We're done. Um, no, but so here's here's the one difference. So this is a Liberty Hill team that this year, I mean, they're, they have three losses on the year. Yeah. And we were going – Mm, this is not the same Liberty Hill team mm-hmm. that we're used to seeing because usually they blow through district. They blow through everybody. I mean, yeah. just literally anybody that stands in the way, they're going to blow through them. This is not that team. That being said, they have really come into form here in the playoffs. Uh-huh. Genuinely have. Last year, and this takes nothing away from what PNG did because they went out there and they had a masterclass performance on defense against the slot T regardless. But that also being said, Two of their three best rushers last year were hurt in that game. Do I think that Jeff Joseph and PNG have a really good team? I do. I genuinely, genuinely do. I've watched a lot of this PNG team play this year, and I think that they are very, very talented. Uh, Isaiah Nguyen has been great um, running the ball, so very interested to see that. Their defense has looked really, really good. I, I don't know. I don't think that it's the same. I think that Liberty Hill is not as good of a team as they were last year at full strength, mm-hmm. but they're going to be more full strength this year when they play. Yes. So it's like if they were full strength last year, might have had a different result on the game. Yeah. I don't think they're as good at full strength, but I do think they are more full strength than they were, and that to me does make a difference. Still going to go with PNG. But I think this will be even closer than it was last year. I think PNG is just stronger than they were last year, too. Yeah. I think that they're – I think offensively they're offensively stronger. Offensively with Isaiah Nguyen there at running back, too. I just think that this team this team is clicking right now. And I think they, they're looking to get back for a revenge game yeah. at AT&T Stadium. So there you go. Our choice for 5AD2 to end up in AT&T Stadium is a rematch of last year's 5AD2 state championship with South Oak Cliff and Port Natchez Groves. We're women talking football. We're here every Thursday. 
we're trying to be here every Thursday. We will be now that we, we get a well, little bit. Well, not next of, Thursday. Not next Thursday. This is our last show <laughs> or for the, the last year. Thursday. Just, just letting you know. But it's the big one, and it's the best one. Um, 581 now. It is Alito taking on Forney, and then Smithson Valley taking on Brownsville Veterans Memorial. So we'll start off with the left side of the bracket with Alito and Forney. Alito, someone we had penciled in this whole time to be here. I don't think yeah. that there was ever a doubt that we were they were going to be penciled in here. Haas Haney. Patrick Daniels. I mean, they're they're loaded. All of them. They're just all of them. Absolutely insane. loaded. I mean, we've walked, we've watched them week in and week out because they're a Texan live a school. Texan live school. We love watch them, them live on watch Dave Campbell's Texan Correct. Live. Um, but this team is just so absolutely loaded, and they have proved that they when they when they get in those close game type situations, like they can against win. Denton Geyer, yeah, against Denton Ryan, they can win, mm-hmm. and that's why I just cannot pick against this team because no matter if they're blowing people out of the water if they're in a close type game situation they have the playoff pedigree this Alito team year in and year out knows how to win Mm -hmm. and a lot of that is because of coaching I think Robbie Jones is a genius Tim Buchanan was a genius Mm -hmm. but I I can't pick against them I mean they are they're just them (laughs) yep and what's funny is much in the same vein slightly Forney knows how to win this year. Yes. They went and played, uh, uh, I just lost it, Lancaster, Lancaster last week and pulled out a double overtime win yeah. and have now beaten Lancaster two times this year. And I think the first one went into overtime too. If not, it was at the very end of the game when they beat them. So anyway, what Coach Flaner has done with the Jackrabbits has been so stinking fun to watch, man. Mm-hmm. They are an exciting team. I know that they're full of chock full of recruits. Uh, JV and Osborne has looked exceptional at the running back position. This they have it. It's just it's just what do you want? Do you want the program that continues to win championships almost year in and year out, or do you want to believe that? the team of destiny thing is what's going to be able to get them. Cause if Alito was say playing, you know, someone that we would have expected to come Longview. out of region two. Yeah. Longview, clear cut example, even Lancaster to a certain degree, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe not at the beginning of this year, but just kind of those tenured programs that you continue to see come out of five, a D two region two, five, D one region two. Yeah. It's like, okay, Forney came out of nowhere. Okay, and we thought that they were going to be good, but not this, this good. good. Not state semifinal no. good. And it's just, man, if that if there's ever a time for Alito to go down, this might be it. It's time like that. So you know Coach Flinder's going to go out there and get it. I'm going to give the nod to the Bearcats. I think that you're you're in your own right to disagree with that. It's hard it's hard to pick against Alito at this point in the year. Well, it's and just we, hard. I feel like we kind of used our upset watch too last week. Yes. You know, because I think that even Tepper thought that Abilene could do could it quite, could quietly upset Alito. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course it didn't happen. They, uh, Alito put that to bed very quickly and blew him yep. out of the water. And yeah, I don't know. I think, I, I think they're going to do the same thing this yes, week. I agree. Um, all right, let's move on to the right side of the bracket. Smithson Valley, San Antonio team taking on, how about that? Woo! Stand up for the RGV Brownsville veterans Memorial. They did the un thinkable last week so this is the first time um this would be the first time if they're able to punch their ticket to state the first time that an rgv team has been to the state championship since 1961 how incredible would that be but how incredible has the story been so far they did the unthinkable last week they were down big 
to Corpus Christi Miller mm-hmm. and came back and scored a buttload of points in the fourth quarter to take them down and to wave the flag for the Valley. So much fun to watch. We were actually in the studio and one of our interns pulled it up on the computer. So that way we were able to watch it as well while we were doing the show. We were like, how much time's left? How much time is left? We gotta know. (laughs) And so they've, they've looked great. Not to mention this is under first year head coach, JC Ramirez. I know. I mean, just fairy tale. It's the same team of destiny type feeling here. Um, With that being said though, Smithson Valley looks good. Great. And Smithson Valley looks like a really good football team right now. And I kind of worry about the strength of schedule of vets. Yes. They've had it. They've had a tough one. They've had it. Yeah. um, I think, I think Corpus Christi Miller is very legit, mm -hmm. but I think this PSA North PSA North. I think they're legit as well, but I think that this Smithson Smithson Valley on a different level team is playing on a different level that Brownsville Vets has not seen before. And I think that that ultimately gives me the edge. I don't think that they've seen a single best player like they're going to see in, like, Freddie DeBose. Correct. Correct. Smithson Valley has a ton of offensive weapons. I mean, a ton. They run the flex bone, don't they? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is – that's a tough – It's tough tough offense to defend against. I was going to say, it's tough to defend. They've got a couple of really good guys – I think that they have seen really good teams. I don't know if they've seen someone that's just ultimate star power, like some of these Smiths and Valley. So it really, it really to me comes down with a lot. Like we were kind of saying earlier, I think Brownsville vets going to really try to milk the clock. I think that they're going to try and be very methodical in the Mm -hmm. way that they're running their offense. They're going to take their time. They're going to let that clock tick down because it is dangerous to have the Smiths and Valley offense on the field. Correct. It is dangerous. You are always in danger. And so they want their defense out there for as little of a time as possible. Yes. They yes. want their offense to take it slow, move the ball, bunch of, you know, three yard runs, get it up, keep going. And then they do not want their defense being out on the field too long. Yes. And this uh, this offense is a fast paced offense. Yes. And it is going to be they waste no very time. It is going to be tough to keep them off the field. Um, but that's what that's the name of the game here for Brownsville Vets is if they want to pull the upset. They've, they've got to keep that offense off yep. the field and play defense. So the coolest thing is, is that regardless, we're going to have a San Antonio team or a uh, RGB team in the yeah, state championship. Yeah, that rocks. So it's win-win there. Um, would be unbelievable to see a RGB team back in for the first time since 1961. Yes. Big, big chance for history to be made there for Coach J.C. Ramirez in his first year at the helm for Brownsville Vets. Um, but Larry Hill does not go away quietly. So mm-hmm. interested to see that one. Moving on now into the largest classifications here for the 2023 Texas High School football playoffs. And that is, um, we'll start off with 6AD2, a just absolute DFW powerhouse matchup. Mm-hmm. So Excited for this one. South Lake Carroll taking on DeSoto. It's still so weird to see South Lake Carroll in Division Two. Yeah. Because I'm always so used to say they're such a big school. school. I always think yep. they're going D1, but it's so weird to see them play like DeSoto. I'm like, yep. oh, yeah, they're D2. I forgot. <laughs> yep. So I – this one was a little bit harder to pick because of what South Lake Carroll did last, last week. week. Exactly. So – I had DeSoto as my state champion the whole time. Mm-hmm. I think DeSoto has been the team to beat in the 6AD2 bracket since the moment that the brackets came out. Mm-hmm. I think we knew that, obviously, going into the playoffs. I think we knew that at the beginning of the regular season, mm-hmm. that they had a really good shot to go back-to-back with what they're doing with um, uh, DJ Bailey. Um, Tiger Ridden has looked 
unbelievable. Yeah. He's look fantastic. Uh, Marvin Duffy. Core the is core is just stupid. Stupid. And on the running game, they're a, this is a very two-dimensional type offense. Their much like we talked about last great. week. Their yeah. defense is really great. This I is one of the most complete teams that I've watched. Yes, absolutely. Here's the other thing, though. If South Lake Carroll can play like they played last week mm-hmm. in their rematch with Byron Nelson, they've got a shot. Yep. Because that team also looked very complete. What was the final score to that game? That wasn't a shutout, was it? No, I they beat them by they... 49, I think. Okay, yeah. It was really – I think th- I think Byron Nelson was able to put up a couple, couple of points, points there at the end. But it was that's... It was jarring yes. to watch. Because we sat there and watched it on Bally. Right. Because jarring how the, impressive they looked. The offense was clicking. The defense was clicking. They had a couple of points there for them. And then special teams was clicking. Oh my literally God. in all three phases of the game. I don't know if they can do that as well against this really stout DeSoto team. Mm-hmm. But if they can, they're going to give DeSoto a run for their money. The motivation that they came into with that game, knowing that they lost to Byron Nelson in district play. Oh, yeah, that's all they needed. They need to come in feeling the anger that they felt in that game to this game. Yeah. If they can come in with that sort of raw emotion of going out there and just absolutely pr- like putting their foot to the pedal, they could beat DeSoto. Do I think that they will? No. no. I'm sticking firm. Probably going to get an angry text from Coach Dodge about that. I'm sticking firm with it. I think that DeSoto is the favorite in this game. I'm going to pick DeSoto. That comes with the asterisks of if they play to the caliber that they played last week, they could absolutely beat DeSoto. Yes. and I don't think they will, but they could. Uh, yes, correct. I I also think that on the DeSoto side, they've got more star power. And yeah. I think also it comes down to that. Like, yeah. these kids know how to play ball, yep. and they know how to win. I mean, if they play like they played against Duncanville, too, even last week against Cedar Hill, mm-hmm. like – they know how to beat really, really good teams. Here's the other thing. Like, we haven't talked about this a whole lot, but I think with this game, too, something that, like, you really want to keep your eye on, especially in, like, the first half, penalties. Who can keep their yes. head on straight in this game? Yes. Because both of these are programs that rightfully so, because they're so good year in and year out, they like to chirp. Mm-hmm. These coaches like to chirp. Claude Mathis and Riley Dodge are not scared to get out there, and they're not scared to, to get their boys fired up or to say some stuff, you know. I am very interested to see who makes the least amount of, like, off-the-field penalties. Mm-hmm. Technically, on the field, but you know what I mean. I'm not talking about, oh, there was an offsides. I'm talking about who gets an unsportsmanlike conduct call. Who yes. does that? Who loses their mind? Who gets a technical foul? You know, like. Yes, <laughs> yes correct. Um, so, I I am interested in that is who can keep their head straight on this game more because I think that team has an advantage too. Yes. Where is this? Uh, where's this game being played? This game this is, is Saturday at Allen's Eagle Stadium. Oh, that's, so, that's the perfect place oh, for it too. So good. Like, I love that. This is, this is one of those, when you tell people about Texas high school football, this, this is, is what, what you, you want. Yes. Like, Yes. Take AT&T Stadium out of it. Obviously, you want people to see the state championships. That's if you're not talking a high school about stadium, though. Allen Eagle Stadium, two premier teams in the DFW, all of that. Yes. This is, this is the marquee matchup. Yes, correct. Um, all right. On the right side of the bracket here, Humble Summer Creek taking on Civil O Steel. So a cross-regional matchup that is mm-hmm. quite tasty and one I had a very, very hard time picking. Yes. This was one that I think is too close to call. Uh-huh. I ultimately went with Summer Creek. You went with Cibolo Steel. Yes. Um, I think this Cibolo Steel offense, and I think you've been talking about 
them like all year Mm -hmm. is very good. Yep. I mean, with quarterback Chad Warner, wide receiver Jalen Cooper, running back Jonathan Hatton, they are a very complete offense, very Mm -hmm. two-dimensional type offense. They're big. Very high-flying offense. They are huge. Yes, correct. And I just think that they're going to be too much for this Summer Creek defense to handle. And also, I think the – they played a really close game last week against Hightower, and I think that kind of worried me last week a little bit. On the other hand, Sablo Steel also played a close game with Tripping Springs. Yep. Both really good wins last week. Yep. How do these two two teams come out and play each other when they were both kind of in a scare last week? I was going to say, and that made it. That's what made it so hard to choose. Right. Right. It made it so it's hard. It's not to like one team blew out. You know, one and one didn't on the other. Both of them had to play gritty, hard fought games yes. to win. So one, they're tired. They're right on the cusp. Who who takes that next step? I went with Summer Creek. I've watched so much Summer Creek football. I think that they match up well with Cibolo Steel. I think Cibolo Steel mm-hmm. has a better offensive power. Um, but I think that uh, – oh, I had it written down. Oh, Lloyd Avant has looked mm-hmm. outstanding at running back. But it's Xavier Atkins. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've bought too much stock in him. I think he is an exceptional talent. I think so too. He is an exceptional talent, and I think that if he can convince the rest of the defenders around him to step up and have the game of their life, that they can absolutely beat the Civil O Steel team. I think that there are multiple on the offensive side of the ball, but I think it's the Summer Creek defense that I like. And I think that that defense is going to be one of the toughest defenses that Civil O Steel has had to face all year. Absolutely. Well, and here's also one thing to bring up too. Last week, Hightower threw the ball really well mm-hmm. against the Summer Creek team. And I think that's exactly what, what Cibolo Steel's game do. plan is yep. coming in here is that they're going to throw the dang ball all over this Summer Creek defense. And yep. how are they going to handle that when they were kind of torched last week mm-hmm. by it? No. But that, I don't know. It was also – it's it tough. It was hard. Because no, you're I exactly like right. Summer Creek's offense, too. I don't know. It's a it's a coin flip. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that, one, that one was really hard to yeah. choose. So I'm yeah. going to Soda to play Summer Creek. You're going to Soda to play Cibolo Steel. Yeah. Finally, it is the largest classification. This one will be the middle game on uh, Saturday, mm-hmm. 6A D1. Dude, if I – this is – I am so excited for this yes. matchup. Duncanville, North Crowley, big, hard-hitting dudes, star power. Yeah. There is, the prospect <laughs> list on this one is The prospect insane. list. Greg Powers is all over, over it. it. Like, <laughs> this is a Greg Powers type game here. But, yep. dude – this game is going to be so hard hitting. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll be pointsy. No. no. I think it's going to be a defensive slug. This one has like 28 21 written oh, all over it. Absolutely. 24 21, like all over it. And just like every team that Duncanville faces, it's going to come down to the how trenches. well they play up front. Yep. I think both teams have the star power. Mm hmm. I think that Duncanville has more of it. Yes. Keelan Russell at quarter or at, yeah, at quarterback, Decorian mm-hmm. Moore, Colin Simmons, Simmons. Caden Durham, the list goes on and on. There there is star power on the North Crowley side as yes. well. But I also think that yes, it's gonna come down to the trenches because I do think that they match up really well in mm-hmm. the trenches. They're both very big and physical up front, but I think that it comes down to Duncanville having one, the playoff pedigree that mm-hmm. they have, and two more of that star power type. Yeah, I definitely talent. 110% agree that okay, let me be very clear. I think Duncanville wins this game. Point yes. blank. Yes. I think Duncanville is the favorite. I think that you shouldn't have a reason to believe that they aren't the favorite. 
what I do love about this North Crowley team that I feel like they match up better than what normal people match up against the Duncanville team is one North Crowley's got some good size in the trenches. Yes. They're not usually Duncanville is substantially larger in the trenches than everybody else. Very well. They're larger, but not by that like crazy like Mm -hmm. slew. I love the North Crowley defensive backs. Yes. I think that they are dangerous. So that being said, I think Duncanville is going to have to rely on their run game a lot, which Caden Durham's going to be a big factor. Perfectly in that. Yeah. fine, but if you can figure out how to get your line, if North Carolina, if Ray Gates can figure out how to have his defensive line have a heck of a game. I think that they will put more pressure on Duncanville than they're used to because I think those North Crowley defensive backs are good. I mean, I we watched so the too. game the game against Crowley. Even the game against it DeSoto. Was pick after pick after pick. They were or I mean, not they're, so, yeah. They're good. North Crowley's defensive yes. backs are good. And that is something that you see DeSoto having to Corey and more, and it's like they'll be able to they'll be able to stick with him, but they have to keep with the run game. And that's what makes Duncanville so dangerous is right. they're very multiple on the offensive side of the ball as our boss runs through the office. Is that um, Tepper or Adam? It was Adam, the oh. president of our company. is running around like a chicken with his head cut off. Because um, naturally. Yeah. Anyway, Duncanville is definitely your favorite. I like a certain matchup perspective for North Crowley, specifically in the defensive backs, and I'm interested to see how their line keeps up. Yes, I agree. Well, you can kind of look, the, look at it as too is like how did DeSoto go in and beat – Duncanville mm-hmm. is they got great defensive backs. They yep. are able to shut that down. Can North Crowley kind of replicate that yep. a little bit? 110%. And then on the other side of the bracket, it is Galena Park North Shore and Austin Westlake, 3 p.m. Saturday from the Puffield in Pufflugerville. Puffield. It is what it is. We've seen this matchup multiple times now. I have said all along that I thought that North Shore was the best team in the state. Mm-hmm. Pound for pound. Out of anybody? No, regardless of classification, I think North Shore rocks. They're they're so good. I mean, the talent that they possess is just unbelievable. So good. That being said, I am more hesitant about saying that now than I was for 13 weeks of the season. These last couple of weeks for North Shore have made me a little bit nervous in the Mm -hmm. fact that They've absolutely clobbered people, but it's the way that they do it. And when you catch a certain team at a certain time, Mm -hmm. it's going to be bad because typically North Shore goes out. They put up a ton of points. They bury you and you can't dig out of the hole. Two weeks ago or for two back to back weeks, they started very slow farted around and had to pull it out in the second half. Now the North Shore machine got back online, but then like last week, they went back to burying people mm-hmm. and then getting to have their third string go in and then the points kind of get closer, blah, blah, blah. But I just – the one thing that I do get hesitant about is I don't think that they need to start off slow against Westlake. No. Because the Westlake defense is very good. Very, very good. And you good. do not want to have to crawl your way out of a hole against the Westlake defense. That's no. not what you want to do. You no. want to torch them in the very beginning and put this thing to bed. They do not need to be playing with their food because this Westlake defense is very good. Yes. I, I think this North Shore offense has been kind of inconsistent yeah. throughout these past couple weeks. I think their defense has been consistent. Mm-hmm. And if you take a look at this Westlake offense, they're very good. Mm-hmm. But I, they're not as explosive as they have been in the past. They're not world burners. They're it's, not, it's not world burners. Plumbing. 
it is a very defensive heavy Westlake yes. team. And I think that that's a good thing for North Shore mm-hmm. because this offense is not super noisy. Mm-mm. And I think this North Shore defense is going to be able to shut them down pretty well. Yeah. And I think that's how they win this game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think for North Shore, what you want is to come out strong and just put it away so yes. you don't risk it because you don't want your you don't want the have North to Shore p- offense is great, but if they start off slow, it worries me with that Westlake defense. You don't want to have to play catch up with them. But I do think that the North Shore defense is much better than the Westlake offense. So I think that's, a, that's I where your eyes I go. think that that's the difference between the game. And I think that's how we'll get the fifth rendition of North Shore. North Shore. So, which by the way, like I know every year we get kind of, we get excited about that game. I am a lot more excited about that game this year than I was like last year. And last year's game was a banger. I am too. But I want it to happen this year. People are like, aren't we, aren't y'all sick of that? And it's like, not this year, man. I'm really not sick of that. No, because it's, I mean, there's so much star power everywhere. And so these good. two teams match up so well together. Willie Gaston's first year at the helm yeah. after taking oh over for gosh. John Kay. Like, Reginald Stample's trying to go back to back. Yes. You know, I mean, it's, it's, this is Texas high school football, yes. you know? Yeah. Samp grabs one and now he has the opportunity to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, man, it'd be a blast. It would. <laughs> So there you go. There they are. Our picks for all 20 state semifinal games. Uh, favorite show of the year. By far Dude, favorite time of the year. So much fun. By far. I wish that I could be in multiple places at once so I could go to more than just two Me games. Too. But we're going to be at Brock Malakoff tonight at the Star. And then we'll be, we're hitting the road after TFT tomorrow to go to Abilene. Um, head over to ACU at Wildcat Stadium to watch Gunner and Canadian, which just, it's, it's a bu- that's just one of those bucket list things that it I'm is. so excited to cross off. Um, and I'm so, so glad we get to do it together. Because I feel like we haven't even been at any games together this year because we've been so busy with the show. Yeah, we've done and two. We've done a couple of them, but like now we get to go to two back. Yes, together. correct. Very excited. <laughs> Shmay will be there, whatever. Well, meh. Um, but anyway, if y'all are there tonight, come say hi. Um, if you're there tomorrow, come say hi. But, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us. So this will be our last WTF of the year. We'll bring it back Mm -hmm. in January, but, uh, thank y'all for sticking with us. Sorry. We haven't been on for a couple (laughs) of weeks. It's, it's busy, busy, busy around here. Um, but it's our favorite time of the year. Our state hub, the best place to find all the information that your heart could ever, ever even hope for is uh, texasfootball.com slash state. Our goal, let me say that again, our goal is to get it up by uh, noon on Sunday. Hopefully it's earlier. If it's a little bit later, it's fine because it was a goal. We've got a lot of stuff to get done before then, but we'll be in here all day Saturday so we can get you all the best comprehensive coverage of everything UIL State on TexasFootball.com, TexasFootball.com slash state. Um, And we hope that you will become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber. There will be more content pumping out of this site in the next two weeks than you can ever imagine. Um, It's a great Christmas gift, too. Oh, yeah. If you're looking for something to get your husband or your dad or your grandpa or... If you're a guy watching this and your wife loves football like we do, welcome to WTF. We're here every Thursday. But seriously, makes for one heck of a gift. Inexpensive, full year. It's like the jelly of the month club. It just keeps giving. Mm -hmm. Um, So that'll do it for us. (laughs) Do you not recognize that? um, Jelly for a year? Jelly of the month club from uh, Christmas Vacation. Oh, 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 the promotion. Yes. I watched it the other night. Instead of getting his Christmas bonus, he gets the thing that the Jelly of the Month Club. And he goes, uh, the the dumb dumb brother goes, well, we need to get it every month. It's a gift that keeps on giving. 
Correct. Dave Campbell's Texas Football slash or TexasFootball.com slash subscribe Jelly of the Month Club. Happy holidays. Have a safe time if you're a subscriber. Check your email because we would love to see you at our subscriber meetup before state on the yes. Saturday morning. Check your email and uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Go Texas high school football. Enjoy your Jelly of the Month. Oh, 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 oh